Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman and Associates. Now here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thanks so much for joining me again this week. My motivational quote for today says, everyone wants happiness, no one wants pain, but you have to have a rainbow without a... You, have, you can't have a rainbow without a little rain. How many of you wake up in the morning, jump out of bed, and yell, Yahoo! All right, so how many of you wake up, hit the alarm with a little too much vigor so it goes flying across the room as you curse at it for interrupting your amazing dream that you had on a tropical beach that you were tanned and relaxed? Perhaps most of you are hopefully somewhere in the middle. The point is that we all have good days and we certainly all have bad days. So how do you maximize our good days so we really do jump out of bed without hurting any body parts, my middle-aged folks out there, and that we do jump out of bed and yell, Yahoo! Is that even a possibility? Today my guest, Peggy Burdick, is going to discuss some easy and some really cool action steps to help us create our own roadmaps to get us out of our unhappiness mindset. Peggy's going to share how we all need to start saying things like, I get to go to work today, rather than, I have to go to work today, and how this little change and so many more ideas she's going to share with us can really help us change our attitude. Um, Peggy is a speaker, author, certified coach. Um, Her company is the Financial Whisperer, where she helps women untangle their emotions from their money, and we're going to talk about that today. And she's been featured in Forbes Magazine, Huffington Post, U.S. News & World Report, MSN Living, and so many more uh, just media platforms that you've heard of. So just help me welcome Peggy. Peggy Burdick, thank you so much for being on my show. Oh, Connie, thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, I'm, I love the title, and I, I didn't share this, but I'll share it now. The title of the show today is The Roadmap Out of Your Unhappiness. And I think that um, this is such an important topic, and we, Peggy and I were emailing back and forth trying to come up with, because the depth of knowledge from Peggy is exponential. So what do we talk about? And when we talked about the unhappiness factor, we both kind of went, yeah, that's the one. Uh, Also, before we begin, I have to share with everybody, Peggy, I did read your book. It's never about the money, even when it is. And the interesting thing about the book, which, by the way, everybody, you really need to buy it and read it because it's, it's really not about the money. But here's the thing. So many of our issues with money today are really based on emotional distress that we had probably from, you know, when we were kids. And I just have to share, Peg, the funniest thing is I was reading it. I was thinking, mm, yeah, that's me. Mm, that's my <laughs> husband. Mm, that's my sister. You start to identify saying it, it, it's that clear. I guess that's what I'm trying to say, Peg. It was so clear. So I do highly recommend everybody read the book. And then the other thing I wanted to comment on and thank you personally is Peggy was kind enough to have a one-on-one coaching session with me where we peeled back some of that onion and really gave me some things to work on. She gave me homework assignments, right, Peg? Right, right. With the right pen. Go do this, go do that. (laughs) Exactly. And, of course, I did them all because I'm an obedient student. The one-on-one was also extremely helpful in understanding what, we're feeling and how we need to get to it. So, I, again, I just wanted to thank you for that, and thank you for that book that um, 
it really answered so many questions for myself and for people around me. So it's a tool. Again, here we have all these tools at our fingertips, and I hope everyone goes out and, and reads the book and buys the book. And I'll put that on the website and all of that so everybody can find you and the book. So let's okay. jump in. So, you know, happiness versus unhappiness, clearly two different things. Is it a choice or is it the, dealt with, the, the hands we were dealt? It's definitely a choice. And what I find so distressing is I sometimes come across people and they have a whole bunch of degrees or whatever, and they talk about, oh, it's your lot in life and you just have to learn to accept it. And, I, and I'm thinking bollocks. That's not it at all. Choosing is about power. And how many people really don't empower themselves to make those kinds of choices for a whole range of you know, emotional and psychological reasons. But when someone says to me, you know what, I really want to be happy, the first thing I say, okay, it's like suit up, put your boots on, lace them up, because the journey you're going to go on to be happy is painful, which sounds like a contradiction. But as you said in the beginning, Connie, that you can't have the rainbow without the rain. You can't have happiness and joy without experiencing painful things as well. It's cheek and jowl. They always go together. The key is how do you make that, how do you move forward? What are the tools you need to be happy? And, you know, your book does go into this in detail, but what are the steps to really help us keep, to keep moving forward into that, and I put in, I'm doing air quotes, happiness mode, and we really do all have the ability to achieve it. So how do we, how do we begin? What, what would be your recommendation? Well, harsh as this may sound, I think the key for everyone to start this journey is really about being accountable and being mm-hmm. honest with yourself. A lot of people don't like that. They don't want to be, have something in their face saying, no, no, that's not correct. But unless someone can make a commitment to really, really be honest with themselves, they're kidding themselves, for starters. So accountability and being present are the key. Your feelings are your identity. You have to know how you feel. There are three states of mind that we go, or three places that we can always be. We can be thinking, we can be feeling, we can be doing. A lot of people skip the feeling stage because it's uncomfortable. They think, they do. It may be a smart move, maybe a silly move, who knows. But the bottom line is it has to be authentic, and it can only be authentic if you feel it, painful as it may be, but you're entitled to have all of that. And that's probably why I think people have this undercurrent of anger, which I've noticed lately, everyone is cranky, is that they don't feel entitled to have their feelings validated. So they, you know, they snuff them away, whether they're taking pills or they just avoid it totally, they're more intense in their athletics, whatever. But so few people are willing to stand still, because you and I talked about that, Connie, and just be. So you've got people that have got these really intense, um, almost A-type personalities, and the last thing they're going to do is go to meditation and sit still. They have to constantly be doing. Well, that doesn't help them. You need to be able to be 100% still, 100% present, and get to know themselves. And there's a huge statistic that um, all the big executives and the shaker and movers, 
you know, of today who we think are, wow, they're successful. We read about them. They're on TED Talks, all of that. Most of these folks meditate every day, and that provides clarity. But it's exactly right that not only because obviously they're brilliant, they're successful running these huge corporations, whatever, their own businesses. So the thinking part, we know they have the intellect, but they stop to feel so that they align and make sure they're on the right path with whatever for the corporation mm-hmm. for themselves etc and then they execute the doing part so how do you get somebody who okay somebody who has never meditated let's say understands the premise of meditation but has never done it and i'm not saying we're going to teach them how to meditate here how do you get them to stop and feel we can think and we can do and i think most of us are going yeah 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 i think then i do how do we get that middle part of the feeling and what are some of the um tools or, or ideas or exercises you give people to do that well first of all i think i think the backstory is important because unless someone really understands their child their early childhood it makes them it makes it difficult for them to buy into because it's a belief system they have to be on board with this 100% in order for it to work. Yep. So if I just make some, if I make some really simple uh, comments and people just assume it's true, what happens to most children? And I don't mean nine, I don't mean 60%. I mean 99% of children. They get raised and their feelings, which is their identity, doesn't get celebrated. Their differences don't get celebrated. In fact, they are squeezed into being a certain model that makes their parents or their caregivers comfortable. Oh, well, what's wrong with being uncomfortable? (laughs) A lot of people don't want to touch it because that makes them feel out of control. So they do what they feel is appropriate and they'll disguise it in any way, shape, or form. But at the end of the day, that child isn't functioning in a certain manner. There's There's too much control. There's too much, it's kind of imprisonment of who they are authentically. So that's kind of where I have. I was going to say, I don't, you're, I think you might be younger than me, but similar age group, you know, growing up, the old adage from the, the, the elders and the family would be, you know, children are to be seen and not heard. <laughs> it's, that's horrible. No, I'm still stuck on the comment. You think I'm younger than you? <laughs> yes, I do. I, think I am much older than, than you, and but I, oh. I, I'm going to take that compliment. That's what I'm. But they have to go on. to your website and see because I think you look very youthful. You're a very beautiful woman. So everybody go oh, check, so check her out. <laughs> you know, I'm inviting you to my birthday party. <laughs> you're too much. But right, don't but, you remember hearing that? Children have to be seen and that's not heard. That's true. That's true. That's true. Children were an instrument. They yes. were a tool. They weren't yeah. valued for, they're not valued for who they are. You don't get even a chance to see who they are. Parents are so busy kind of disguising things and covering things up, and, and that's a whole other conversation. But the, the value, the purpose of looking backwards and realize, well, that's what it comes from, okay? So what you need to do today, because you have control only in this present moment. Mm-hmm. Happiness is, is how you feel in the moment. It wasn't yesterday, and it's not tomorrow. It's literally mm-hmm. right now. So in order to get there, you have to, unfortunately, women need permission to access being still. They have to have permission to do nothing but just be in this particular moment. And then the question is, well, how do you feel? I don't know how I feel. Well, but that's not really true. People are afraid to identify how they feel 
or go. So remembering of their childhood, because they were punished or shunned or sent to their room, that's their early memories of having authentic, of having authentic feelings. So that's their natural go-to place. They don't think that it's appropriate. They don't think that it's right. They're going to get somehow punished if they are authentic. That's the starting point for owning your own life. And when you can get to that moment of awareness and have the permission to how you feel, remember my thing is feel, think, do, that's how you start the experience. Because when you can feel it, I always say to people, this is a great exercise, um, what you do is you take your little one, so she's five, because by the time you're five, everything is cemented, and you, you beckon her to sit on your lap, you put your arms around her, and just let her feel doesn't matter what it is. Let it, without judgment, she's going all over the place. She's commenting, criticizing, judging. She's on a tear. But what are you doing? You're giving her patience and presence. You're not moving. You're not sending her to her room. You're being nice and patient. Patience is the most profound form of love. So the longer you can sit with her, as long as she needs it, there comes a window when you, the adult, say to her, okay, all right. So let's go look at the conflict, the problem, and let's decide a way to solve it, a way to address it so that we can have respect for ourselves. Everything comes back to respect. And that's what you do. You think about it, and then you go do it. And doing it may be as simple as saying to somebody, you know, I, can I get back to you about that? I, I am not really clear. Or it can be say nothing. That drives people crazy when you say nothing. But you've mm-hmm. got control. So when people start, when people start using these tools, they feel themselves shift with this power. They can make different choices, and that's really what the book is about: is giving people vocabulary so that they can make a different choice. In this case, about money, how they spend it, how they save it, how they view themselves. Yeah, and and money really is an extension of feeling. You have people who, you know, you even see little bumper stickers or magnets when you go to a store and it says um, shopaholic or uh, retail therapy. You know, mm-hmm. you feel good when you go spend money. Well, why does it feel good when you spend money? What What are you camouflaging? It's just like people who overeat and it's an mm-hmm. eating disorder, right? Because yep. they're trying to fill some void in their, their life that they eat. They they put food in. I, I have to comment on, and, and by the way, Peggy made me. <laughs> Peggy asked me to do that exercise. <laughs> you did it with authority and I obeyed. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But the exercise where I'm, whatever the child in me, because I, I, I told you I didn't want to do the journaling or, or whatever it was, right. an exercise that you had given me. And I really, at one point, you had emailed me, so how you doing? And I emailed back, I don't like the journaling. And you're like, peel back the onion. And I, I really did. I sat there and I thought, what's going on with this journaling? And I thought it was a waste of time. And, you know, I can make all these excuses. And the bottom line is, as a child, my sister, who was an awesome writer, and I never was. I was better in math and I was better in sports and all those things. So writing was, I wasn't good at it. So why do you want to do something that you're not good at when you're compared to someone who's better than you? So journaling to me was, well, you're not going to be good at it, so why bother? Just kind of skip over it. And that's not good because 
I do, I should journal, and it's not about being perfect. It's just about what am I thinking in the moment, and the exercise is brilliant, Peg, because it forced me to be now and not what I need to do in an hour and why I didn't do that yesterday. I should have done that yesterday. It's just sitting down and writing and being present, and it's amazing the things you put on paper when you're just writing without thought and just being mm-hmm. in the moment. So mm-hmm. the the thing you just said, and then we'll take a break with the patience equal love. We are not, and I know I am not a patient person because it's like, come on, come on, keep up with me. Very bad because mm-hmm. patience is love and patience for yourself is love, but it's that level of respect. And I don't think that we have respect anymore in this world. It disgusts me when I see how people talk to each other, like the girl at the um, food store when when a, a little old lady's checking out, and the level of disrespect and impatience is nauseating to me. So when when we don't respect the people around us, how that stems from self, in my opinion, right? So clearly people aren't respecting themselves, and then you lash out. And I think you mentioned anger before. I think there's a little bit of anger involved in that. I want to continue with this. Let's take a real quick break. And when we come back, I want to finish up with the whole respect thing and hear your thoughts on that. And then, um, you know, we'll come back and we'll continue discussing how do we keep moving forward, all right? Okay, great. It's a shame when you're feeling stuck in your business and you feel like you have nowhere to turn. It's a shame when you slog through long days in your business and you don't get any return. It's a shame when you feel like you can't see the forest for the trees and your business brings you to your knees. Einstein said repeating the same actions over and over won't produce different results. So stop feeling ashamed. Your business and you deserve better. Change that shame into righteous fame. Connie Whitman can tame that shame. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates will help you to discover your new path, and nothing will ever be the same. Connie's tried and true one-on-one coaching sessions will tame that shame so you and your business will not continue in vain. Call Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates today at 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Call Connie. Turn that shame into your game. Okay, we are back, and we are speaking with Peggy Burdick, who is, um, her business is the Financial Whisperer, and it's really not about the money, which is really true. It's more about our emotional intelligence. Uh, I think the book is clear, clearly more about our emotional intelligence or lack thereof. So you mentioned patience equals love, and then respect stems from that. What do you find with your clients like breakthroughs maybe from that realm of patience and love because your exercises really force you to, to be patient with yourself. It's really, I, I am, I'm always going for the aha moment because for them to under, when the light bulb goes off for them, that's the key because then yeah. they have the option of exercising. You know, like yesterday I was talking to a close friend, we were having lunch, and three things were going, three things, and I know her fairly well. We've been friends for three years. And stuff was going on in the present, right? And um, she was struggling with moving forward on changing her style, whatever, with her newsletters. And then I pointed out the two other things that were also related. So they're random pieces of the jigsaw puzzle spread out on the board. They're all over the place. But I picked mm-hmm. those three and I said to her, what do these three things have in common? She got the first one right, but she couldn't connect the other two. 
But when I showed her what the connection was, she's like, oh, God, of course. That's yep. what I get people to work towards because what is she going to do with that information? She's not going to turn around and use it. What's the, what's the point of information if people don't have activity or actions to support it? It's like wasted thought. You know, you have to be able to have an action that's appropriate so that you can move forward and gain control. And, and I just want to comment on that because we do think about it. We're in the information age. You, anything, you know, you Google it and you get an answer. So we have all of this information and intel about how to become better at whatever that is. And they're sharing this information. But what I find so frustrating is I read something and I go, wow, that's, that's a really good thought. But then they don't take it to the next step of, do these five steps or do these three things or be more mindful of. They don't give you the how-to. And what you just said is, like, you listen, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, right? And then you're like, well, what about this, this, and this? And then the person looks at you and goes, holy crap, how did I miss that? Because we're too close to the situation. You can't see the forest from the trees. And then right. here you shine that light. That's, you're like a little beacon of light there. And then you say, now work with that and turn it into whatever the action is, and you work with them. And I think that's the brilliant piece that we often miss is the movement. And, and you started with that, with the whole movement piece. And you're really good at getting people to move, but not just move, move in the correct direction. Well, here's the thing, and, and thank you for that, but we have so many critical voices in our head and we have so much judgment that goes on. As they say, we are our own worst enemy. So the key to the exercises, especially the homework, which we always laugh about, it's not to then review the homework in a punitive way as much as it is to show what's holding somebody back. How do we sabotage ourselves? How do we, how do we hold, what is it that's holding us back? Why is it functioning? How does it function? How do we change it? And just because you've changed in one area doesn't mean that it naturally translates to every other part of your life, except That's right. that it, it encourages more self-awareness so that you can take something seemingly unrelated and yet attach it to what's going on right now. And go, oh, that's where it showed up. It's like, it's, like, it's like streams. It's like putting a blue dye in a stream and watching where it all ends up. And that's, again, going back to power, ownership, and being honest with yourself and accountable. I'm sure people have said to you, and this is a real stretch, people you've known forever, and they'll bring stuff up to you that you did years ago, personalities ago, you know, <laughs> everything. And they say, do you remember you did this and that? And you go, no, I didn't do that. So, yeah, you did. And you get to look at that and go, wow, that's how out of touch I was, or that's how angry I was, or that's how Absolutely. lonely I felt or isolated I felt. But to bring it to the present, all that data is really important because, again, it goes back to you making different choices at this point. And also, Peg, those experiences, though, taught you something. So, you know, I do believe that every choice we've made and everybody that's impacted our life makes us who we are today. So. Absolutely. But, so, which is which is a beautiful thing. That's why we're all unique and our flaws. I always say, you know what, I'm flawed, and that's what makes me beautiful because yes. the flaws is what makes us authentic and real and me. And I'm not perfect. I don't want to be perfect. So, how do I get 
better, though that I, I am on the quest of, you know, spirituality and all of that. But mm-hmm. how do I become the better version of me? Not for anybody else, but for me. So I, I think that all of these things you're talking about, it's really just stopping and figuring out where was I, because all of those experiences make me who I am today. Good, bad, ugly, doesn't matter. It has impacted who I am at this moment in time. And then to look forward and say, well, that's cool. Now, who do I, who do I really want to become? Why am I feeling the way I feel? How do I want to feel? And I'm sorry, everybody listening, if you don't want to feel happy, you're a wackadoo. <laughs> Because at the end of the day, don't we just want to be freaking happy? So I, I really love, um, I love the book for that. But I, I want, I want you to give us. We, we have about seven minutes left. What are tips? Because I love the how tos and I love the tips. So what are three, four tips that you can give everyone so that they can literally stop listening to the show, go into their office, go into their home, whatever, before they go to bed tonight? And what can they implement to start this road of happiness or or better happiness in their life? Well, first of all, I'm really what saved my life eight years ago uh, is is a key piece of it, which is get information. Go read Susan Piver, who endorsed my book. It's one of my models. She has a book, How Not to Be Afraid of Your Own Life. My book is all about vocabulary, helping people attach the actual perfect, 100% perfect word to the feeling they have. That's very, very, it's a huge tool. Benet Brown, fabulous writer, uh, talks about really, you know, sticky stuff like shame and abuse and whatever. So starting out by getting educated is important. What they're going to do tonight when they get off the phone is look at their lives and see where, where they're lacking boundaries. Boundaries and respect go together. No yeah. is a boundary. Why is accountability. A lot of people don't want to ask the word why. Well, then you're stuck. Then it's, nothing's going to change. So by looking at setting the boundaries, which a lot of people have difficulty discerning, it really helps someone then see the demarcation between where they end and someone else begins. And it's always about your feelings. Just because someone wants you to do something or tries to manipulate you as doing something doesn't mean you should do it. You've got to voluntarily agree to go do whatever the thing is. Um, really under, draw a picture of yourself or take a photograph out of, your, of yourself when you were a child and try to communicate with her. She's there. She's waiting. She's in the shadow. And try the exercise of putting her on your lap and just getting to know her and giving her a chance to talk. And she may say nothing. Who cares? doesn't matter if she says anything right now. What matters is you have the physical and the, the kind of the spiritual capacity to put her physically close to you and basically say to her, I'm going to save you. I'm the adult. I will take care of it can't go back in time, but you can now start to do it for yourself. And, my, and one of my favorite tools that always I always laugh is on my website. At the very bottom in the footer, my healing tools. And one of my favorite tools is the respectometer. Everything, as I said earlier, is about respect. 
whether it's throwing trash out the window, whether it's not answering someone in a polite way. It's just, it's rampant, the lack of respect all over, especially on the internet. But take out the respectometer, set a small goal like flossing your teeth, drinking more water, getting more exercise, walking 20 minutes a day, spending quality time with your kids, spending quality time with your partner, right? And take the respectometer out, and it's a meter. What do meters do? They, they measure. So you get to see that to gain respect, you have to keep your commitment to what it is you're doing, drinking more water, or you lose respect. Because you didn't drink the water, you didn't keep that self-commitment. That is the absolute MS, the core of change. If you can keep your self-commitments, you can be happy. Yeah, and I, I'm laughing because as you're talking, I'm thinking of people and I'm thinking of situations for myself. You, the educate, you know, the no, you started with by no is a boundary. And mm-hmm. I have a friend who does a lot of volunteer for the school and we have uh, children similar ages. I have boys, she has girls, but we've become very good friends. And I remember one day I said, you're doing that too? Like to me, it was, oh my God, she's involved in everything. Where is she finding the time? And I was at her house one day and her husband was, yeah, she should get a job, joking around. It was all in jest. And I looked at her and I said, why don't you say no? And she looked at me, she goes, I can't. I said, yeah, you can. Say it after me. No. And she was like, no. And I go, no. Say no. And, you know, I, it, we, we joked about it. And I said to her, you really need to learn the word no because they're taking advantage and you feel guilty because you're saying, well, it's for the kids, right? Stop it. Stop it. So that, that hit me immediately. The why is my favorite question because if you don't drill down and ask why, it's the same old, same old, and that's just not good enough anymore. You know, good is the enemy of great. So why, we need to start asking that. Picturing yourself as a child, and I did do that exercise um, with you, Peg, and mm-hmm. it was mind-blowing the – feelings that you have and that are trapped in that that child's mind child's body and when you give the child in you I mean it sounds so silly but really the visual of that and you mm-hmm. give that child a voice where they didn't have a voice when you're when you're young right because adults mm-hmm. around you are controlling everything very very powerful stuff and the last thing is go to that um, the website, which I'm going to give you guys and I'm going to put on the website, that Respectometer, and there's other healing tools that are, are free and on the website, and they're brilliant. I was laughing that you said, um, you know, respect yourself, find time for your partner. We had a hockey tournament last weekend, and innocently I was chatting. Um, the alarm went off, the fire alarm, and I had never experienced that in a hotel, right, and all the times we stayed in hotels. And the alarm went off, and my husband and I, we, we, had, we were awake. All of us were awake in the room. My husband and I were just snuggling on the weekends because you're not running out of bed. You know, we mm-hmm. kind of wake up, and then we just snuggle for a few minutes before mm-hmm. we start mm-hmm. our day. And the, it was so funny because I'm talking about the fire alarm, and the other mom goes, you snuggle? And I went, huh? I was not even in, like, it just came out of my mouth, but it wasn't in my rear. And I go, well, yeah, you know, on the weekends we snuggle before we get up and start running for the day. It's just our, like, our two minutes to connect and, and, and just be, you know, without running. Mm-hmm, and she mm-hmm, goes, you mm-hmm. snuggle? Like, she couldn't get over. And I'm wow. like, all right, we got to get past this. Let's talk about fire alarm. <laughs> but wasn't that weird? But it's <laughs> true. It's sadly true. 
people don't invest. You know, your your marriage, your relationship, whatever, is it's like a business. You have to separate it. You have to invest on invest in it. You have to monitor it. You got to take care of it. Yeah. If you don't guess what? Then one day someone comes home and says, "I'm done. I'm out of here." You said I've been married for 25 years. I'm done. Yeah. There's no communication. That's yeah. awful. Yeah. And and it's funny because we literally do it for like five minutes, you know, and that's like, all right, what are we doing today? And then you start your day. But it's just that five minutes that you're not moving and touching and, and nothing, you know, not just not really snuggling. That's it. It just struck me when you said that time with your partner, I wrote a note to myself, the snuggle, because it 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 it, it astounds me how many people are not connected to their partner, and I have, and I'll just share one more thing because yeah. we're out of time, and I do want to give your website. The went out to dinner with a bunch of ladies, and um, they were talking about a girl's weekends away, and I said, "Oh no, I don't want to do that." And they were like, "Why? Can't afford it?" And I go, "Oh no, it's nothing to do with money." I said, "I don't want to be away from my husband on the weekend. We both work so hard. I live for the weekend so that we can do our stuff, you know." And they yeah. were like, "Oh, I go now if you want to do with the couples." And like my husband, I think would whatever they were talking about, I go, he wouldn't think that was cool. I would, they're like, oh, you're such a nerd. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, well, help me out then. Yeah, exactly, because you're really clear about what makes you happy. You have to take everything <laughs> always back to that piece is that no one can define for you what makes you happy. Exactly. But those five minutes are important. It really, really important because if not, it's not just the five minutes. It's that you want to be present with this particular person. But it doesn't yeah. matter who the person is. You could be a child, whatever. But those, <clears throat> those little vignettes give us richness. Give us they're like turning a candle on in a dark room. We need that. We're hungry for that. Yeah. It, it's, I, Peg, I just, I have to tell you, I, we're out of time, but you know I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> just, our conversations go from here to there, and, and there's depth, and it's, it's nourishing, and it's educating. And I just, I, I just, I hope everybody felt our energy because it's brilliant. And go to Peg's website. It's www.thefinancialwhisperer.com. Dot com, And, again, at the bottom, she has healing tools on the website, and it's, it's very graphic uh, visuals so that it's very easy to follow and you don't have to have a Ph.D. to understand it. And I really, really highly recommend um, the book. And, and just tell everybody where they can find it uh, also. Amazon. 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 Yeah, you can buy the printed copy. You can buy the, uh, the Kindle version, the Nook version. Uh, so all they have to do is go to Amazon and type in, it's never about the money, even when it is. And, uh, yeah, pretty easy to purchase it. Yeah. And, and again, I recommend going to buy the book, certainly, but I recommend going to the website as well and just playing around, but go to those healing tools. I'm telling you, and you can print them out. They're, they're visual. You certainly Uh can print them out Uh and keep Uh them on your desk to help you think through, you know, do I have my boundaries? Am I respecting self? Am I being patient with myself? All of those things. And the respectometer I do, I love it. It's, it's, uh, it's clear, but it's clear. Yeah. It's simple. You know, yeah. I like simple, yeah. stupid tools. So it's simple yeah. and clear. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for your insight. And I hope everybody goes back and listens to this show maybe a couple of times. 
Um, the tips were educate, so look at your life, say no, create boundaries, you know, ask why. Picture yourself as that little child, sit it on the lap, give it a voice so you really find out where those feelings are stemming from. And you started with feel, think, and do, right? So please start using that. And then go to the website for the healing tools. I, I There's so much. Um, in this show. I hope people come back and listen because they're just tremendous insights. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What a, a brilliant show. I'm, I'm really pleased. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time today. It's my pleasure, honey. Anytime. And thank you so much for honoring yeah. me with my book. Yeah, just a, a great read as well. So everyone, um, thank you so much for joining us, Peg and I, today. I hope you'll all join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how to grow, challenge ourselves so we can all embrace change and realize that we got this, man, and it's e- easier than we really oftentimes think. You've been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.net. Thank you so much for joining me. Have a wonderful, exciting, and inspired week. Be well. You've been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Time may change.